Our world is lost in unnecessary fear and hurt. Our systems seem scientifically engineered to make you small, powerless, and always waiting for the next great leader who will fix the problems around us. Worse, we're witnessing neighbor versus neighbor while warfare breaks out around our family tables. But you have access to a spirit, a strength that enlarges and empowers you. Even better, you don't need to wait for the next big movement. You can heal the world. It's time for governance by Grace. Welcome to Grace Archy with Jim Babka. Well, Jim, I only have two words for you. Damar Hamlin. Well, let's start off by um, saying prayers for Damar. Yeah. Right. And for his family, because it's a very difficult situation for those unfamiliar. Uh, it's been headline news uh, today. Uh, Damar Hamlin was uh, injured in a, in a very unique way in the game, the NFL game last night between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. He's a player with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the game was first suspended and then um, postponed, uh, maybe even canceled. We don't know yet. We'll talk about that before we finish up here. I, it, I've never seen it. I've watched football. I watch a lot of it. I've been a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan. Um, and I was watching this with my son last night. Wasn't planning on watching for long. Had some other obligations that were going to require me to be up very early in the morning, but I ended up staying up late because I'd never, ever seen anything like this before. Um, Bill, the people at ESPN were put in a really difficult spot when this happened. They could tell that something rather extreme had occurred. Uh, we now know, uh, and it was somewhat obvious that night, that Damar Hamlin uh, went into cardiac arrest, which is a, 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 medical, a medically specific way of saying he died momentarily there yep. on the field. And it was very shocking, the, the response of the players. And there was some initial discussion about how they might get back together and play the game. But uh, the coaches and the, and the referee and the umpire all, all spoke to each other. The NFL itself may have actually been involved in those conversations unseen uh, to us because the the referee would have been speaking to them and they decided to cancel the game, but they cut to the halftime crew, which includes a man uh, named uh, Booger McFarland and a uh, former NFL player himself. And he was emphatic and set the tone for the rest of the commentary that was going to occur. They had to fill a lot of time without very much information um, and I, I personally think that the they did a, a credible job given the circumstances. Um, yeah. But Booger set the tone and he said right off the bat, some things are more important than football. Football's entertainment. And that's what we're going to, you know, it, it's time to, you know, cancel this game and figure out what we're going to, you know, we'll worry about the other things about the playoff picture and everything else later. Um, and then after the broadcast was over, the game had officially been canceled. Um, and they began the next, the show that follows the post-game show that follows. They brought in Ryan Clark, who's a very interesting character. He's a, a retired Pittsburgh Steeler, 13 year career, who in 2007 lost his spleen and his gallbladder and, after being injured in a game. And he, he was on Scott Van Pelt's show getting questioned. And he, he was hesitant to speak about his own experiences, but in doing so, he said a lot. Like he really laid out for the players what they were experiencing on the field and how they view the game, 
which I think is is maybe difficult for some people to instantly understand um, how this is this is everything that that even Demar Hamlin was in a place that he wanted to be. This is this is his dream to be there, and he's out there on the field uh, doing what he wanted to do. And he, by the way, had expressed that very sentiment earlier in the season uh, in an interview with a local uh, broadcast. Um, so he he did a, a a lot to explain that what was going on. Um, and why they had to pause. Uh, I thought this was probably these two these two men in particular, but ESPN's handling of it overall uh, was incredibly gracious. And it's the one place where I would actually give uh, kind of a grace bonus in terms of the sensitivity with which they handled a, a, a really a landmine um, because social media was already beginning to light up with criticism of this decision or that, or this statement or that statement, et cetera. And they actually, I thought, handled themselves really well. Talk about unscripted. I don't, yes. There's nothing in the book about how do you respond to a situation like this. Right. Right. Yep. I, you know, if everybody's listening to this, uh, I'd sort of known that this was happening, but I heard about it word of mouth from Jim for the first time today. And I'm just stunned right now. Uh, the work that I do with, with veterans involves a lot of of stuff, traumatic brain injury and concussion and things like that, but never something like this. And for all of us to watch this young man uh, essentially die on the field and then be resuscitated was a, a miraculous moment. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm sort of speechless and tongue-tied right now trying to figure out where to go with the next question that I have for you, Jim. So take it. Um, well, I want to talk first about... Uh... <laughs> I would have actually initially said something about Susie Colbert, who was part of the halftime crew that they cut to when they had to start trying to fill time. And she kind of moderates the panel. And her initial statement had to do with how the players were going to get back out on the field and play. And, and Booger set her straight. And there was immediate criticism for her because here, you know, there's, there's no playbook for this. But there actually was more pointed criticism delivered at Skip Bayless, who works for Fox Sports. And he, he posted the following tweet. No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of the game, but how? Yeah. yeah. This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. And then he ended up posting another tweet where he basically backed out of the first tweet because he got savaged. He got criticized online. How, you know, why do you care about what's going to happen with the NFL schedule? And, you know, don't you realize there's a human being in the midst of all this? I mean, he had said that this was not the main issue. He said yes, it, it seemed fairly relevant. But it's not it's not irrelevant. And in fact, this we're going to talk about it even before we leave here. It's already being discussed uh, around the league what's going to be done here because both of these teams are in playoff contention. And right now, uh, the Buffalo Bills have a what's called a first week bye because they have the best by virtue of having the best record in the AFC. Um, you know, next week is the the last week of the regular season. Teams will go home, and then we start the playoffs. And you know, all of these things matter not just to uh, the fans, uh, not just to the NFL as a business, but to the players themselves. I mean, you know, sure. this is what they yeah. do. This is how they play. Their, this is their living and what they care about. And obviously the, there's, the stakes are high. Um, but I'm concerned about the, uh, the virtue signaling that's going on because, you know, mo most people watching that broadcast, uh, I'm, Bill's fans obviously would be the exception, did not know who DeMar Hamlin was before. And they're taking umbrage at how he's not getting the, you know, 
we're not reverencing the moment in the correct way. And it's almost like there's some people who are kind of like looking to impulsively emote, how dare you? How dare you? They're like looking for the how dare you moment. And it, it's, I think this is infantilizing. I think this is making us small. I think that there was some thinking like this that was going on in the early stages of the pandemic when some of us, and I'm amongst them, that said, hey, wait a minute, we're about to go lock down right now. There's some serious consequences. Well, don't worry, it's two weeks to flatten the curve. Well, it turned out to be a lot longer than that. And there were people saying, look, there's going to be some consequences to this. And again, I was one of them. And, you know, I remember getting uh, trashed by some, you know, someone indirectly. They, they went off and talked about me elsewhere. Um, saying, you know, all he cares about is economics. So, you know, take your your money and whatever. And we had, had to have a discussion. We've had it on this show about what economics is. It's human action. It's incentive and and so forth. And we now know that those things happened. Like we didn't, and and maybe it wasn't even medically necessary. And so sometimes you got to have a rational adult conversations in the midst of things. And the, the, we all have to just emote and sit in our feelings for a while may not necessarily be the best strategy in a given situation, but I certainly, certainly, certainly don't want to see somebody trashed over having raised a mere question that by the way, is going to all occur to us the next morning anyway. Like they have not committed some great heinous sin. The number of people that were pontificating online last night, as if they knew they had some special knowledge about something. It was astounding. And I just, I think it's completely unfair uh, to do this. I Skip Bayless has a whole nother set of reasons he might irritate somebody. It's part of the persona that he has to play on the show that he does. But this is, I don't think we should keep uh, uh, pretending that, you know, we have to emote in the, in the midst of a scary situation as opposed to learn, make wise decisions, discuss alternatives and act. Um, How do you feel just keeps, about it? This keeps going bad. Do you think we're learning? I mean, it, it seems like the response was generally from those who were on the ground in the moment was the appropriate one. You know, generally. I actually, I'm, so I cannot tell for sure what happened. I can only tell you what I observed last night while I was watching this live, but uh, Zach Taylor is the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. And what it appeared to me to be the case was that the referee and the umpire came over to him they had a conversation with him. He led those two men across the field over to the other, to the Bills coach who was trying to get his players rallied to go back in and play. And it wasn't working. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. found out later that there were people that just weren't moving. They just were sitting there. They, they, they were, they were immobilized. They were shocked. Yeah. And he, he started to come out, but I mean, they came like three quarters, you know, maybe 90% of the way across the, the field from sideline to sideline and, and Sean McDermott, the coach of the bills came out and they talked and then they sent their players back to the locker room. And I was sitting there watching with my son and turned and said, they're not coming back out tonight. That's, that's it. That's the game. We didn't know that yet, but that was, that seemed obvious to me, yeah. but it was the coach that did that. And we've received subsequent reports. There may have been that the NFL was talking to the referee in his ear. And so they were, they may have been involved at that moment. Uh, there is some reason to believe that uh, even from the broadcast itself, that night. Uh, don't know that for sure. I really think Zach Taylor's the hero of this walking across to the other team that's lost the player and saying, look, we all, we have a bunch of young men who just watched something they shouldn't have had to watch. Some things are more important. Maybe we need to take a break. So doing that. And then it, there are reports coming sports illustrated is my source on this, that the captains of the Cincinnati Bengals went down to the bills locker room, which is a very, very unusual thing too, that they don't 
they don't do that. And, and started meeting with the captains of the other team, trying to get a sense of where they were at and that the coaches then subsequently met. And we, that moment was caught on live television. Everybody got to see the, the game essentially be canceled. And it looks like that decision was made with the players and the captains of the teams. Yeah. I'm sorry, with the coaches uh, and the, coaches. the captains of the teams. So I, you know, there were people making right decisions last night. There's, but there's small things like people were wondering like why it didn't go so fast. So let me just, I think when you're trying to practice empathy, you have to add grace. You have to add in empathy. Let me say that again. I think when you're trying to practice grace, you have to add in empathy. That's part of the equation. And so in this particular case, there were a lot of different considerations and it took a, what seemed to most of us observers, myself included, an exceedingly long time to do the obvious, which was cancel that game. But in the initial going, like they didn't want to empty that stadium right away. They had a player they had to get out. Would they want a, a mad dash to the uh, to the parking lot going on while they're trying to get an ambulance out of the place? Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like there were considerations. There were a number of things that they were balancing out. All most of which none of us will ever know in terms of how they made their decision. And it, they seem to have arrived at the right decision. But I um, can I can really empathize with the players sitting on the bench because. You know, my initial response to something like this is not one that I want to jump up and act on. I need some time to let the shock come in, to let the empathy come in, to start to switch a little bit more toward compassion rather than just knee jerking it. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that the whole thing went as smoothly as it did. So the fans were able to leave safely. They're able to get DeMar off the field. Uh, into care uh, the teams were able to make a reasonable choice but i'm sure if you're if you're an actor on the stage right you need a you need a moment minute to be able to respond yeah so yeah. thank you to everybody who helped to give us that time and to all the gate jumpers who wanted something to happen now or decisions to be made now you know uh, bless you all because that isn't how it worked you know that no. isn't how it went down Can we do some medical analysis now? Yeah, let's bring it in. What what have you heard? Okay, so I'm I am not a doctor, not attempting to play one. I'm not going to make any suggestions here and if I if I if I tilt too much in one direction, I probably have failed. Um I don't know how to pronounce this word. I, again, I'm not a doctor. Commodio cordis. Oh, Commodio cordis, right. Um it's apparently a well-timed blunt shot to the sternum that hits the heart at the wrong moment in its electrical beat. It misses, it misfires, it shuts off. Very gross, simplistic explanation. And that was immediately floated as the most likely thing. There were a couple other things that were out there, but that was the one that took off uh, on social media. And of course, there were some people who speculated that it might have something to do with a certain pharmaceutical product that was used recently to respond to a certain recent widespread cold. I'm avoiding using words because we have accounts on various platforms where we can get docked and this could become an issue. I don't want that to happen. I just want to discuss how people are handling the situation. One of the observers uh, who pleasantly uh, surprised me uh, on this was Michael Heiss who is a leader inside the Libertarian Party of the caucus that now can, leads or guides the party. And he said, quote, social media makes people think they have just, they just have to get their opinion out there right away with every event when more often than not, it's best to say nothing and evaluate. And I cannot think of better advice. 
And I mean this for both sides, for all sides, because there was a doctor out there whose name I will not mention in the spirit of grace, but Alex Berenson has written about him. If you really need to know the hot take uh, for yourself, he wrote about him today, who went to Twitter last night, and he was one of the people promoting this idea that Commodia Cordis was most likely what had happened. Well, it turns out that this is a gentleman who actually had a big stake in uh, trying to get people, uh, uh, again, Alex Berenson has reviewed this, to get this certain pharmaceutical product injected into their system uh, to deal with this recent uh, cold wave that we all experience worldwide. And uh, uh, it didn't take him long for him to show up later and tell people who did disagree with his analysis, who wanted to talk about whether or not this pharmaceutical product uh, was responsible for what had happened to this young man on the field uh, to go back and crawl under their rocks. So it's okay to float one theory, but not another. And honestly, I don't, uh, I, I want to be clear. I think um, even if you were concerned at that moment, even if you thought maybe that's what had happened, uh, it was gauche to say it. And absent more evidence, uh, and in this environment, I think the suggestion tends to backfire. I don't think you're persuading anybody by making this case. I believe that the thing you do is you try to accumulate evidence, and then you speak. And I'm completely open to this question. I I personally want this investigated. I want this angle investigated. There are people who seem to be like, no, it's forbidden. We can't talk about it. No, we definitely should. But not last night because none of us were there and it wasn't germane and none of us had any specific knowledge. And Michael Heiss is right. Your opinion doesn't need to get out there right away. Wait for more evidence. And I relate to this from a very specific level. And I want to challenge the people who are my friends who are concerned that it was this certain pharmaceutical product playing its role out there. That when we are confronted with the exact same situation in reverse, which is there is a mass shooting and we want to say, don't blame the gun. We don't want people, uh, the politicians who in the media who typically, uh, you know, the drive by media that typically tries to profit from this situation, point to the bodies and say, oh, look, we need more gun control. We say, wait a minute, hold on. We don't know all the facts of the situation here about why this happened. And we want more time for that information to come out. And that's how, you know, if you're going to steel man, if you're going to be graceful in all of this, steel man being the opposite of straw manning we've talked about here before, if you're going to steel man correctly, then you are going to do the thing that you did in the gun situation, which is say, wait. So I just, I want to applaud uh, Michael Heiss because I think that's the grace point in this particular situation. I think it was bad form to speculate. I think it was extra bad form to speculate that it was something that obviously is a political contention at this hour to try to score political points in the midst of this crisis. Yeah, that's just, that's just making my skin crawl the wrong way, man. There's there's no space for that right now. That's not graceful. I don't think so either. There's, let's talk about uh, what we what we're going to do with the season. How do we how do we wrap this all up? What's the, the what's the graceful bills? Thing to do? As I mentioned earlier, are uh, in the lead, but if they lose, they might lose that spot. They have they still have technically two games left to go. Now I don't know what's going to happen with the Cincinnati uh, Buffalo Bills game. That may never happen. It's possible that in the constellation of options they have, they're not going to do that. But, you know, I've several times over the course of the past year been involved in discussions that were very, very difficult, where there were tough decisions had to be made and none of the options were particularly appealing. And there's this thing that people do where they think that there's like this platonically great ideal out there. There's this one perfect solution 
that if we adopt this idea, um, that's the way to solve it. And, and, and you could be making progress towards a solution. Uh, and I use that word guardedly for reasons will be clear in a moment. You could be making progress towards a, a resolution of the problem. Here's the action we're going to take and have to take 10 steps back because somebody is still worried about the things that they're losing with the ideal. Thomas Sowell has a great quote. I think it should be operational all over the place. I'm exactly. going to start using it a lot. There are no solutions, only trade-offs. Yeah. yeah. When you're in the midst of a situation that stinks, stop thinking that there's some perfect explanation. I mean, you know, if things really work out to your favor, God bless you. But most of the time, you have to choose the ones that stink the least. You have to situate and figure out, okay, if we do this, we're going to have these consequences. If we do that, these, these consequences, you know, you weigh out the costs and the benefits and you figure out which one is the best one for you. There are no solutions, only trade-offs. And that to me is, is the message of the day. Uh, whatever it is that the NFL is going to do here. And by the way, I'm not bringing this up because you care particularly about the NFL because you may not be interested in the least. But everyone finds themselves in situations that are less than positive, where the decision has to be made about what action we're going to take and how we're going to go forward. And I want you to remember, in fact, it's going to make you a better person, a nicer person, a more productive person in the midst of these disputes or, or uh, challenges. And that is there are no solutions, only trade-offs. Thoughts and prayers to Damar and his family. Thank you for letting yeah. us be witnesses to this. We love you, brother. <laughs>